Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU-Utah game day. How exactly the Cougars beat the Utes in Salt Lake City tonight? BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum joins us to sum up the season and discuss what a return from Taysom Hill would mean for him. Plus, the director of the Las Vegas Bowl, John Sassenti. Why are the Cougars a good fit for a possible sixth Vegas Bowl? Viva BYU Sports! Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live on remote from the DFCU campus branch, here's your hosts, Spencer Frosty Linton and Jerem Rudolph Jordan. <laughs> I gotta put my gloves on, man. My hands are cold. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, December 2nd. Yes, we're outside. It's December 2nd, and we're outside. That's how we roll, man. What are we doing? It feels balmy (laughs) compared to what I felt in Logan against Utah State last Saturday. Oh, oh, I know. I I love how weather.com, it says, feels like 18. No, I will tell you what it feels like. Uh, bracket matrix, weather.com. Are you questioning my logic? Yeah, you can't feel. No, it feels great. Our, our crew showed up here at 6 a.m., Spencer. It was they 12 degrees. It was 12 degrees. It's fantastic, though. This I, We got a space heater. We got jackets, gloves, hot chocolate. This, this is awesome. If you're local, come hang out with us. If you're not, just enjoy your warm, cozy office space that you're watching this at work with. Wherever and however you are dialed in for this live remote show, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who is currently training for the Iditarod, Jerem Jordan. I loved the movie Iron Will growing up. Has anyone seen Iron Will? Everyone's looking at me with blank faces except for one guy. I, I can only think of one movie. It was a Disney movie. Eight Below, Paul Walker with the eight Huskies. A Paul Walker classic. May he rest <laughs> in peace. Yes, seriously. Hey, you hosted an awards banquet last night, man. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, track and field, they award, award kind of the male athlete uh, of the year and female athlete of the year. So that was a lot of fun. It was at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Track and field, one of the premier programs historically here at BYU. Congratulations to the winner of those. So the female was Angene Monteverde and male was Jason Witt, both of which have been on this show. Shay Collinsworth involved as well uh, and uh, Shaq Walker. So all four of those guys have been on, or uh, guys and girls, have been on BYU Sports Nation. Can I get the Shaquille O'Neal impersonation? Shaq, Shaq Walker runs fast. T. John Caroma thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> well, you kept going to it. I didn't know why. <laughs> the why works. Hey, by the way, we mentioned it's game day for BYU-Utah. Yeah. The fabulous Bill Walton on the call tonight I for the Pac-12. I can smell colors. Brigham Young was right. This is the place. <laughs> it's going to be fun tonight. We had the Deseret First Duel uh, trophy or, or a generic trophy on our set. It looks fantastic. I'm going to try and sneak that home. We had a question come up. If, and this is a huge if, BYU and Utah, somehow the stars aligned and played each other in the Vegas Bowl. Would that count? Would, would it count towards the, the Deseret First Duel? We were told they'd make it happen. Okay. So there you go. There you go. Since BYU's lost a lot recently to Utah, I kind of stopped paying attention to the standings. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into uh, just how long it's been since the Cougars beat the Utes in a major sport in uh, just a bit. I was surprised by this number. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. We mentioned men's basketball game day. Yeah. BYU at Utah, 10 Eastern in the Huntsman Center, live Let's on go. BYU Radio and the Pac-12 Network. It is the 257th meeting between the Cougars and Utes in basketball. We will be up there tonight. Always fun to go to the Huntsman Center. Last night, BYUtickets.com had Vegas Bowl tickets for sale online. This morning, the athletics department issued the following statement via at BYU Cougars. In preparing for a bowl invitation to either Las Vegas or Hawaii, 
BYUtickets.com inadvertently went live with the Las Vegas Bowl scenario temporarily. BYU has not received an official bowl invitation, and no formal announcement has been made. Women's volleyball, more domination for the 11th-ranked Cougars. They had a sweep of the West Coast Conference Awards yesterday. Alexa Gray, player of the year for a second consecutive year. Amy Boswell, the defensive player of the year. And Heather Olmstead is, no surprise, the coach of the year in the West Coast Conference. Congratulations. And Jimmer for that second game. Yep, there he is. With the Westchester Knicks. Is underway right now. Uh, Kind of a kid's day situation. I know there's an elementary school there. Uh, Nine points, five rebounds, four assists. At half. Triple-double, watch! The Knicks trail the Mad Ants of Fort Wayne, 54-46. Triple-double, watch! Yeah, absolutely. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. How to beat Utah. It's a huge game. It's a rivalry game, and it's on the road. And so it's a big test for us. And you have to win games on the road to be successful, and in this sport and you know in March all games are on the road all big games so it's huge we got to figure out how to win on the road and this is a good start. Kyle Collinsworth talked about the importance of the game with us in Studio B yesterday BYU at Utah tonight in Salt Lake City rivalry game 10 p.m. Eastern 8 Mountain on the Pac-12 Network this will be the toughest road environment BYU plays in all year and you say well what about Gonzaga? I've been there Utah's no Utah's tougher than the kennel I'm sorry. The vitriol the fans, the the rivalry backdrop, it's just it's, it's a really hard place to play. It's too much red for me. Understandably. Uh, only at Christmas time do I tolerate red. However, it's an opportunity for BYU to earn a monumental win that would immediately help their NCAA tournament resume. To me, Utah is no worse than the third uh, best opponent on BYU's schedule. I think Gonzaga is going to be better than Utah. And if BYU happens to play Oklahoma in the Diamond Head Classic in Hawaii around Christmas time, to me that would be game number two, and then Utah three. So this is an opportunity for BYU to get a game on their resume where they could say, I think Utah will finish top 50 RPI. Uh, hey, that win on the road against the top 50 team, th- this could help BYU get into the NCAA tournament. And if you want a single-digit seed, and you've been screaming about single-digit seed. Win this game. You need a win like this because Colorado's not as good a game as this. In Hawaii, you're going to have to do work. You would have to at least split with Gonzaga. You, for a single-digit seed, you you probably need to beat Utah. Well, but, I don't think that you have to beat Utah, but you have to have a win that is the quality. Where else are you going to get it? There aren't that many chances. That's what I'm saying. I will admit that, but there might be some in Hawaii. We don't know. And that's what worries me. We don't you know. You know you have a game with Utah, and you know what they bring to the table. Now, BYU and Utah actually scrimmaged informally without a couple of uh, guys on both teams, but this summer, and BYU had success in that scrimmage. I think BYU can hang with Utah. Utah is a better team right now, though, a team that went to the Sweet 16, didn't lose very many guys. DeLon Wright graduated, but they brought back most of those guys, added a few weapons. They're a good team. And Jacob Pertle, the center for Utah, lottery pick. The dude's the real deal. Corbin Kafusi, Kyle Davis, Nate Austin, they'll have their hands full tonight. Corbin Kafusi, future lottery pick? To be I'm determined. not going there yet. Man, <laughs> it, is, it is early. BYU an 8.5-point underdog. As I mentioned, the next question is, as we look at the particulars of how BYU can go into a place like the Huntsman Center and get a win, and that is which guy has to step up as the Y factor tonight, which is 
our Twitter question of the day. Yeah, who will be the Y Factor tonight for BYU against Utah? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in at TashaLynn19, BYU basketball's biggest fan. I think it's time for Chase Fisher to go all shamanade on them mutes. Ten threes? <laughs> Ten threes. Chase Fisher, last game, snapped out of his funk, right? He had been in a little bit of a funk shooting the ball. Uh, obviously, we had looked at, hey, no Tyler Haas. That's been an issue in the early season because we assumed that Chase Fisher would really be there. He wasn't for a couple of games, and he admitted that those weren't his strongest games, but he snapped out of it and talked about the importance of his play for BYU going forward. It's big for me, though, because I know, you know, not selfishly, but we're gonna need, I'm going to need to play well versus good teams, you know, for us to get some big wins, especially on the road. Key number one, Chase Fisher needs to play well for BYU. I'm going to go out on the record if and say... If he doesn't, BYU's got no shot to win this game. If he makes opinion. 10 three-pointers, BYU will win the game. <laughs> That's so bold. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I think Nick Emery is important, too. I think you need both of them. You had the big three against Belmont, and you got a nice win. Kyle Collinsworth, Nick Emery, and Chase Fisher, the big three right now. I know that we talked a couple games ago about the inside of this team being the strength because you know what you're going to get from those guys on the inside. But if the three in the backcourt for BYU can be good, and all three need to be good, they could be in this game with Utah and maybe beat them tonight. BYU's backcourt needing to play well, led by Chase Fisher. The second key to tonight's game, Jerem, and this is a glaring deficiency in BYU's game through the first five games, free throw shooting as a team. Just over 50% right now. I mean, it's not good. If BYU can get up towards that 70% mark, that will allow them to stay in this game. And that could be tough because they've played the majority of their games at home and they're not shooting free throws well. Greg Rubel made a great point in a tweet that I saw. Utah's only lost this season the only game where the Utes were out-rebounded, fouled more, and took fewer free throws. So if BYU can take advantage of those areas, they've got a shot. Obviously got to shoot the ball really well. But I like where BYU's at defensively. I think that they're uh, playing really well defending, rebounding, forcing tougher shots, getting out in transition. It's the offense and the shooting that was in question because right now uh, Jordan Chapman, Jake Toulson, Zach Selyus, Corey Calvert, they're, they're not getting a ton of points per se. They're getting quality minutes, but points from those guys. So the, the big three. And, and Corbin Kafusi to me, the, is the answer to the Twitter question. Who's the wife actor? Corbin Kafusi. So be, not Nick Emery. Correct. Okay. Because Jacob Pirtle is so good. If he could get in foul trouble somehow. And I'm not saying BYU is going to dump it into Corbin and let him go. I think that's a matchup that Utah has an advantage in. But if he can play well and neutralize Pirtle in some way, even limit, then BYU's got a good chance to win this game. See, and I think it just has to be Chase Fisher because the numbers are so... You'll need both. I mean, the numbers are so strong to indicate that when Chase scores in double figures and plays a good game, BYU generally wins. They have to have Chase Fisher tonight. But you're right. It would help to have both play well yeah, to get a win. Chase Fisher could go off, and BYU could still lose the game. You're going to need multiple things from a talented uh, against a talented Utah Ute squad. The last thing that we bring up, and, and this is another area where BYU has had some question marks, and that is the ability to hold on to the ball. BYU averaged just over 12 turnovers a game last year as a team, which is really good. That's a really good For mark. For the amount of possessions they have, yeah. They've been turning the ball over at a really high rate this year. In one game, they had 24 turnovers. I think BYU has to be down around the 12 or 14 mark to have any shot to beat, beat Utah because turnovers that lead to transition buckets make a stadium go nuts. They're at 15.8, so almost 16. And up there, the momentum gets going. Uh, two years ago when BYU went up there, Eric Mika uh, had a flagrant two, got kicked out of the game, things got a hand, it got ugly. 
uh, and BYU didn't play a very good game. So I think senior leadership in Kyle Collinsworth and Chase Fisher, even Nate Austin, who didn't play in this game last year because he had injured himself, uh, prior to tip in this game in the Marriott Center. So maybe Nate Austin can make a difference against Pirtle and those guys. It's been a long time since BYU beat Utah in one of the main two men's sports. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This is painful. December 8, 2012 is the last time BYU beat Utah in football or basketball. Oh. That's 1,089 days. There's only been five games, so not a ton of volume there, but three hoops, two football. BYU needs to beat Utah. That's one of the things of BYU athletics. You want to beat Utah, you want to win a conference championship or ten wins in the case of football, you want to win a bowl game, go to the NCAA tournament. They need to beat Utah, and that would be a huge win tonight if they were able to pull that off. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join us on BYU Sports Nation. Who will be the Y factor tonight for BYU against Utah? I say Chase Fisher. Jerem has gone the big man route. At Aaron K underscore M and says Corbin Kafusi. He'll give Jacob Podal nightmares after he shuts him down in the post. Amen, Aaron. Up next, BYU quarterback Tanner Mangamon said, how would he describe the season in one sentence? And is he colder now or was he colder in Logan? He doesn't look cold. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation, like you don't already, and use the hashtag BYUSN. Friday night, women's volleyball is live on BYU TV. We received the news this morning that we will be broadcasting the NCAA tournament first round, potentially the second round of BYU. Uh, if BYU gets that, we will broadcast that. But BYU versus Ohio, first round in the NCAA tournament, live from the Smithfield House. Spencer Linton on the call, Friday, 9 Eastern time. The Cougars trying to get to a fourth consecutive Sweet 16. The best program, men or women, on campus right now. Hands Women's down. volleyball. I mean, the record alone, they've been on fire. Our Twitter question today, who will be the Y factor tonight for BYU against Utah in men's basketball? At JV Fiso tweeting in, if Collinsworth, Emery, and Kafusi play as well as they have been, the Y factor will be Fisher. <laughs> I'm yeah, not, what? Wait, I'm what? not following that logic. Yeah. It, it's it's got, got, Chase is a senior. He's got to show up in this game. He's got to play well. It just it just matters, and he knows it. He said it. There's some pressure on him. I've got to play well for us to be successful. Joining us right now, and we are certainly happy to have him for the first time. I know it's not Studio B for Tanner Mangum, <laughs> but the BYU quarterback with us on remote at Deseret First Credit Union. Tanner, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We haven't had you on amazingly, but Tanner Mangum's here. Let's give it yeah! up for Tanner Mangum. Woo! We got a crowd here. Yeah. All the muffs. You can't hear the clap. because the... <laughs> Everyone's got gloves on. The brave on. ones. We're braving the cold. <laughs> okay. Are you colder right now, or was it colder on Saturday in Logan? Definitely colder in, on Saturday. That was uh, probably the coldest game I've ever been a part of. But at the same time, it was fun. So, you know, I, it, was, it was worth it. How do you grip the ball in that kind of weather? Luckily, we have head warmers. Okay. And then there's a lot of, you know, blowing the hands, just you know, trying to keep them warm. The hardest part was on the sideline. In which part of the field, it's not too bad. But luckily, we had some heaters on the sidelines. So we were all kind of huddled around those and tried to stay warm. You're showing us up right now, by the way. We're, we're in beanies <laughs> and we have gloves and everything. You remind me of the O linemen who come out and oh. they have no sleeves. Those guys, <laughs> those are, guys are nuts, right? <laughs> those guys are nuts. When I went outside to start warming up, you know, I was in long sleeves. Double layer tights, and they come out with just cutoffs. 
And I was just like, wow, I'm glad I have that in front of me. Do the tights make a difference? Yeah, they do, for sure. Okay, so, yeah. I mean, it's not just for show. It's not like, hey, I look good in these tights. <laughs> no, it definitely helps. <laughs> helps stay warm. There's not a lot of style uh, points coming it, out of Logan it, in general, I mean, right? It looks good, but then it also feels good. So. Okay. There you go. Hey, double bonus. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. Tanner Mangum with us. Uh, how's your hamstring, by the way, in the cold? It's it's getting better. I mean, it's still not 100%, and it's hard to get 100% during a season just because you're constantly going. But, uh, you know, the training staff's helping me out a lot, and I can't complain. But it'll be good to have a couple weeks off before the bowl game and hopefully get it back to, to 100%. Did that force you to change your game in a way where you had to stay in the pocket more? Because your first play against Nebraska was a nine-yard scramble. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but it's not too much of a change that needs to be made. I mean, I'm not going to use that as an excuse or anything. I just, you know, I'm not a, you know, a, a, a huge runner, so it, it doesn't necessarily hold me back that much. More than anything, it's just, um, mentally, you know, the first time against uh, Cincinnati, I, the game after I pulled the hamstring, the first half I was a little bit hesitant playing with the pulled hammy, but then at halftime I realized, you know, I, I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to let it affect me. So I just went out and, and played, not, with the, not thinking about it, and I played a lot better. So from then on, it hasn't bothered me at all, really. You were still on your mission when we pulled this stunt, but I said that I could run a sub-five-second 40-yard dash. <laughs> Okay, as a three-year-old man. Okay, you, thank <laughs> you, thank you. So we ra- he ran it. I was timed unofficially by Jerem Jordan at five one six. We did Close. we did official timing. Okay. I'm still training. I'm still training. training. I'm training again. I'm going to do okay. this at BYU's pro day in April. Good. I'm going to do it too. Okay. Can you run a sub five forty? Yeah. Hopefully, I think we'll see. <laughs> Maybe with a with a healthy hammy. Yeah, okay. with a healthy. Yeah, okay. Given that, wow, I almost slipped off the desk here. Get, with a healthy, yeah. Let's not risk the hamstring with that. Kid. Yeah. I'm not Let's, saying I'm, now. Yeah, later. E- okay, Off we'll season. be good. Yeah. yeah. What, what was it like to finish the season nine and three after everything that happened and that with that schedule? No, it was it was awesome to finish the way we did in Logan. You know, rivalry game, taking the wagon wheel back to Provo. That was an awesome way to finish. Obviously. It wasn't perfect. Did you call the ambulance? We've got the fire truck coming by. I don't know. Everything's okay. Tanner's okay. <laughs> Keep going. You know, it was, it was an amazing year. Obviously, it wasn't perfect. You know, the, those three losses were tough. You know, you never like to lose. But at the same time, you have to look at the positives. And you know, we did a lot of good things. And, and um, looking at a ton of different guys stepped up. Uh, you know, a lot of injuries happened, personnel shifts. But uh, as a group, we stayed together. It had some big wins, and to be able to finish nine and three is something that we're we're excited about because it puts us in a good position to get ten, and uh, you know ten wins is something that we want we want to get something that hasn't happened here at BYU for a while, so uh, something that that gets us pumped for the bowl. BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum with us on BYU Sports Nation. How would you sum up the entire season in one sentence? That's tough because it's been an amazing season. I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, in one sentence, I would just say. We are a resilient bunch. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you look at all the wins we've had. I mean, I think apart from the Wagner game, we were losing at some point in, that, in the game. Every game. Every game. Every win. And a lot of those came in the fourth quarter. We, were, we came back in the fourth to win it. Um, we lost key guys to injuries. But we were able to stay together, stay strong, and, and just keep, keep fighting. And to be able to pull out those wins was, it was uh, something pretty special to be a part of. We're soon releasing uh, a bracket challenge of eight plays that we're calling the set, what, to determine the second best play of 2015. <laughs> <laughs> okay? First is obvious. Yes, it's the Hail so Mary. What, in your opinion, is the second best play of the season? I think it's either 
Tomasi's scoop and score okay. against Utah State before half. I mean, that was huge, and that was probably the play <laughs> of the game. Or I think another huge play was Kai's pick six against Boise State to seal the deal, kind of the nail in the coffin. You know, that was he looked like uh, a running back once he had the ball in his hands. He looked like a high school quarterback in Vegas. Yeah, he really did. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And then also Bronson's pick against UConn. And then the next play, we scored just that. that to Mitch. Yeah, That's to Mitch. Exactly. Those two plays right there, it was a huge momentum shift right there. Overall, the defense. Any play the defense makes, play of the year. you got to give those guys some love, right? Oh, yeah. Honestly. I mean, I saw a Twitter question yesterday where it was like, which group has played better, the offense or the defense? And I think the defense by far, they, they kept us in games all year long. I mean, without them, we wouldn't have been able to have those crazy last-second plays. You know, they, a lot of what they did goes overlooked because – you know, they made stops, turnovers, and what they did, you know, really saved our season. Tanner Mangum with us again on BYU Sports Nation, live remote from Deseret First Credit Union. What was the high point of the entire season? Was it the Hail Mary or was it, or was it something off the field in the locker? What was the high point? Uh, man, there's a lot of high points. I think you know, a season's full of ups and downs. You know, we definitely had highs after Nebraska and after Boise State. But then we had some, some low points, you know, losing two straight to UCLA and Michigan. Oh, no, no. I, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a long season. It's been, it's <laughs> been a while, the games, man. Losing track. Um, but I think a, a big high point probably was, um, uh, I'd say Saturday, honestly, to be able to, to finish with a win against Utah State. It was a, a big game for us. It was kind of a, uh, a statement game for us. We needed to come out and, and play well and and to give us that momentum going into the bowl. So that got us win number nine, which is, you know, something that we, we needed to get to be able to get win number ten. You know, we kind of just take it week by week. It's hard to, you know, look too far ahead. But to be able to finish the regular season nine and three with a, with a big win against Utah State, a good team, and now, you know, take it, that took us into the bowl, bowl prep. So I think right now we're, we're kind of on that high looking to, to play our best football in the bowl. Let's talk about the halftime of Fresno State. So what happened? I figured we, you might talk we, about this. <laughs> We've heard stories, but what's, what's the story? So the, the true story, I mean, we, we ran a play, and I looked at the clock, and it ran down to zero. So naturally, I took off to the, to the locker room. Did you have to I, use the restroom, or you no, just I, normally? No, so I, I, the reason why my pants were undone when I was coming out is because my pants were down because I was getting wrapped. My leg, my hamstring. Yeah. That was so funny, man. I know. It really oh. was a, a funny moment. I'm, <laughs> sometimes I still look at the footage and it just makes me laugh. But, yeah, I was getting my, my hamstring wrapped by the trainers, and then one of the equipment guys said, hey, they, they put two more seconds on the clock. you got to get like, back out like there. Like ran into the locker? Yeah. So I was, you know, just hurried, pulled my pants up, <laughs> ran back out in the field for the last play. Oh, one, you, of the, one of the you, highlights of the season. Did you know everyone was waiting for you? Like the whole stadium? Because when you emerged from the Where's tunnel. Where's the quarterback? When you emerged from the tunnel, it was like Willis Reed in Madison Square Garden. It was like Paul Pierce in the finals. I know. I hear the crowd uh, cheer a little bit. And then, you know, all my teammates were giving me a hard time and laughing at me. It was, it was fun. I was just trying to laugh, you know, laugh it off and enjoy the moment. Well, they needed you because we heard that, that Bo Hodge couldn't find his helmet. <laughs> and it was a fourth down, right? You needed to run a play to... Yeah, get all the time exactly. Off just, to, just to run the clock off. Yeah. Do you have a nickname yet? Has your have your teammates given you a nickname? Uh, a lot of different guys call me different things. Um, there's not just one. I mean, Mitch Matthews. You know, he he speaks Spanish too because he he's, he's went on a Spanish speaking mission. Yapo, man. Yeah, Yapo. And uh, whenever he sees me, he, he wherever I am, he says Mangum because in Spanish you say Mangum. 
You don't see, you don't see Mangum. You say yeah, Mangum. Yeah, yeah. So whenever he sees me, he says Mangum. And a lot of people call me T-Mang, T-Mangy. Um, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, <Mangum>. Trevor, Taylor. <laughs> Connor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. T-Mang is good. That's like a DJ name. DJ yeah. T-Mang rocking T-Swift. Yeah. <laughs> rocking T-Swift. Yeah. <laughs> hey, defend I, Taylor Swift right now. I like Taylor Swift too, but no one rocks T-Swift like a oh, DJ. Oh, no. Do you rock T-Swift, Tanner? You know, I'm not afraid to admit I'm a big T-Swift fan. Went to her concert a few years back. Nice. And, and not, not ashamed to admit it. When did you feel like this was your team? That's tough. I never really felt like it was just my team. I I really honestly feel that it never has been just my team. Um, I think more than anything, it's the seniors team. And the seniors we have on this team, like Bronson, Mitch, um, you know, those guys, Riker, the guys who have been here, you know, for four or five years, honestly, it's their team. And I'm just, you know, happy to be to be part of it. Um, and obviously Taysom, you know, when he went down, that was, that was a tough blow. But the season has to go on. And, uh, you know, it was it was kind of a big transition going from where I was as a, you know, fresh return missionary back up to all of a sudden being the starter. But week by week, you know, the, the confidence grew. But that that came as a part of the uh, the senior leadership. You know, they led the way. They kept us together. Uh, they were kind of that, that glue that held us together throughout the year. So I wouldn't ever really say it was just my team. I was just, you know, doing my best to do my, my part each week to help the team win. But... Uh, that was made possible by, by the seniors on this team. If, yeah. if Taysom Hill decides to come back to BYU, what happens for you? I'm not sure. I haven't really thought about it that much. I haven't got that far. You know, during the season, you're more just worried about who you're playing that week, you know. Um, so whatever happens, happens. You know, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I'm not aware of any decisions that he's made yet. So once that time comes, then we'll, then we'll decide what the plan is. Who do you want, or should I say, what do you want in a bowl game opponent as the final match of the year? I think just whatever the best matchup is, and you know, we want to play a good team. I've heard, um, I've heard USC, I've heard Washington State, I've heard um, Temple, Navy. I mean, I've heard a lot of different games, um, but I just, I just think whatever team gives us the best matchup will is the one that we want. You know, whether that's Vegas or Hawaii. Uh, we're just excited to play again, you know, excited to get a chance at 10 wins, a chance at a bull victory. Um, so for now, we, we just get, it's kind of out of our hands, out of our control. But uh, we're excited to find out who it is so we can get going. Let's give them the karma a couple weeks early yes. before the, yes. can we, before the can bowl Can we game. give you a portion of the BYU Sports Nation karma? <laughs> I know about the karma. I've heard of it. I've seen it happen. So, <laughs> okay. Absolutely. There have been several instances this year <laughs> where it has manifested itself on the field of play. Uh, can't doubt I, it. I dare, I dare prophesy a uh, rushing touchdown in the ball game. That's what I'm Whoa! feeling from the karma right now. Whoa, are you okay with that? Hey, whatever it takes. <laughs> I can't really plan things. That's, that's a, a lot of football is just improvisation. You kind of have to just be ready to go and make a play. So if it happens, I'll do it. A la Max Hall against San Diego State. I remember that in game. In 09. I remember at that. At halftime. Had to get in like Tomasi. Yes. And he did. Hey, Brian Logan, I hope you're listening. Taylor Swift greater than Justin Bieber. Are you cool with me saying that? <sighs> I don't know. It, it kind of <laughs> are, you a, are you a Bieber fan no. too? No. I don't want to hate on, on one or the other, you know. I don't want to. I respect both. I got a lot of respect for both. Oh, Canada. Taylor Swift is better. <laughs> <laughs> he always gets the last word. I have to. That's what I do. Tanner, great to have you, man. Thanks. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for coming on. Congratulations on a great season. Thank you. Up next, John Sassenti, the director of the Las Vegas Bowl. Why would BYU be a good fit for a potential sixth trip? 
to the Sin City Bowl game. And who would the opponent be if they go down there? This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU. Welcome back, my friends, to Deseret First Credit Union. We are outside. It is cold, but we are warm inside because we are discussing BYU sports alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. (laughs) Isn't it a special day, Jerem? It is. It's actually warmer than you think. I mean, we're all bundled up here. We could probably shed some layers, but then again, we're probably warm because we have all the layers. Uh, by the way, coming up right after BYU Sports Nation at 1 Eastern time today, inside BYU football, if you missed it, check it out. BYU takes back the old wagon wheel from Utah State. Fantastic edition of the show, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Women's volleyball against Ohio, 9 Eastern on Friday night. We have secured NCAA tournament broadcast rights for, for what we hope will be the first two rounds for BYU as they try and get to a fourth consecutive Sweet 16. Really good stuff. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Men's hoops game day, BYU at Utah, 10 Eastern in the Huntsman Center on BYU Radio and the Pac-12 Network. Bill Walton on the call. That'll be fun. Last night, BYUtickets.com had Vegas Bowl tickets for sale online. This morning, the athletic department issued the following statement via at BYU Cougars uh, Twitter handle. In preparing for a bowl invitation to either Las Vegas or Hawaii, BYUtickets.com inadvertently went live with the Las Vegas Bowl scenario temporarily. BYU has not received an official bowl invitation, and no formal announcement has been made. BYU women's volleyball, ranked 11th in the country, had a sweep of the WCC awards yesterday. Alexa Gray, player of the year, second straight season for that. Amy Boswell, defensive player of the year. Heather Olmstead, coach of the year. And Jimmer Fredette's second game with the Westchester Knicks continues at halftime. He had nine points, uh, five assists, and four rebounds, I would feel. Those stats are still the same. So not quite (laughs) 37 from the other night, but maybe it goes off in the fourth quarter. Hey, what a triple-double watch, man. Okay. That would be something. Joining that, us that, now. That would be something. On the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is John Sassenti, the director of the Las Vegas Bowl. John, great to have you on the show. How you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. What is this time of year like for you as you prepare for the bowl game now, I believe, two and a half weeks away? It is uh, it is absolute chaos. Um, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts, uh, a lot of things to manage, a lot of things to handle. I, I've, I'm joking around with everybody that uh, you know the last uh, four or five days I've I've had to recharge my cell phone three different times and, and during the course of the day. It uh, I, I set a record yesterday by by being dead by about 10:45 in the morning. So uh, um, luckily though my, my my crack staff was on it. They ordered me one of those giant. Uh, extra portable Mophies, yep. so uh, problem solved. That a baby. Why would BYU be a great fit for the Las Vegas Bowl this year? Well, anybody that's followed BYU knows exactly uh, what what they bring to the table. For for us, uh, we're we're one of those bowls that is incredibly familiar with BYU. We had them for five consecutive years, uh, back from 2005 to 2009. Um, you know, we know what the fan base is all about. We know what they're capable of doing. Um, so so there was never a question as to whether we'd get fans to travel and fans to support the game. Um, the question for us was was always hey, how is BYU going to be uh, this year? Are they going to have a good competitive football team? Um, are they going to create a good matchup for us on the other side? Um, that Those are kind of the last two factors that we're looking at. Um, you know, there's no question they had a great year. They, they won nine games. They, they could have easily won ten games, uh, which would have been a remarkable season. Um, 
and 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 now it's just a matter of trying to put the pieces in place and see who we have on the other side. Does it fit? Does it match up with with the BYU? And is that the matchup that we want? Which Pac-12 teams would you target for a potential BYU Pac-12 matchup this year? Well, it's a it's a fairly unique year in the fact that the, the Pac-12 is about is about as cluttered as I can ever remember it, and uh, they've all beat each other up, and so we we don't have much clarity right now. But the problem that I'm having, uh, we know a couple of the teams that are in our window, and 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 you know there it, it there appears to be four in our window. Wow, four! Uh, if 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 nothing goes crazy, and those four as of right now would be USC. UCLA, Cal, and uh, Utah. The, the, the issue that we're having and, and, and why we don't have so much clarity is there's a couple balls that select ahead of us on the Pac-12 side that still have not made their decision on what route they're going to go. Um, so it's kind of got us in a holding pattern on, um, on, on what we're thinking and what we want to do because we, we don't know what, what teams are being selected ahead of us as of right now. So you're not opposed to a potential rematch with UCLA per se. They were one of the four you mentioned. It's not our it's not our ideal situation. It's not our first choice, and we're going to do what we can to avoid a rematch. And in the case of Utah, uh, does Utah have to sign off on that? Does the conference uh, have a say in that? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, well, in in theory, um, you know, if we were to extend a bowl bid to Utah, they would have to accept the bid. Um, you know, I, I know that they've they've had several conversations with the conference. They're working with the conference. You know, they're not quite sure where their where their destination is going to be, and and the conference is 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 communicating back to them on the potential uh, destinations. You know, the, the the reality of it is 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 they can go anywhere from San Diego to San Francisco to El Paso to us. And, again, it, it just kind of depends on – and I think some of those other bowls, quite honestly, are waiting to see what their matchup could be on their other side as well before they make that decision. John Sassenti, the director of the Las Vegas Bowl, with us on BYU Sports Nation. I know you talk about wanting a great matchup. What would you say is the number one most important factor in securing the matchup that you want? Well, I'm going to I'm going to a little disclaimer here. I, I thought I I thought our group knocked it out of the park the last 2 years and we were all dead wrong. So, <laughs> it is it, it is an inexact science. I mean, guys, 2 years ago we we had a 10 and 2 Fresno State against a 9 and 3 USC. Both teams ranked in the top 25. We thought we hit it out of the park. USC throttled them. Last year, we had a, a, a ranked Utah against a ranked Colorado State, one of the top defenses in the country in Utah, one of the top offenses in the country in Colorado State, and Utah uh, rolled over them. So we think we, we got it down every year, but um, it's kind of one of those inexact sciences. Now, we have a couple really good football minds on our, our committee. We created a football issues and, and, and football scouting subcommittee uh, that consists of several former college football players. We have uh, uh, an old quarterback from Cal. We have Napoleon McCallum, who played for Navy and, and, uh, and the Raiders. Uh, we have a gentleman on our, on our group that played at Western Kentucky. So th- this group is made up of football guys 
guys that are that are watching games and 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 their job is to kind of report back to the group and say hey we think these two teams match up really well i'm not huge into committees but that sounds like a committee that i would definitely want to be on that that sounds awesome uh well that's funny because that's the one committee that those guys don't invite me to participate in their (laughs) meeting they just report back they don't they don't don't let me in that one (laughs) john we'll let you know uh Mountain West Conference uh, Commissioner Craig Thompson said on Monday he, th- he thought that maybe the conference would uh, vacate the, the Vegas Bowl this year. So has a decision been made about BYU in the Vegas Bowl? Well, contrary to uh, – I was listening to you guys right before I came on and you were talking about the, the headlines and the Twitter report that came out. We have not extended an invitation to BYU. Um, the, 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 the communication with them has always been – um, we were talking about it. We were thinking about it. We have a um, we have a committee meeting today. Our Las Vegas Bowl committee meeting meets today. The plan is to uh, to, to come out of that meeting with a with some direction, with an idea of what we want to do. Um, if if BYU is the direction our group thinks that they want to go, um, I, I'm prepared if, if all parties are involved uh, to pr- to make a decision earlier than Selection Sunday. Um, but I, there's no guarantees there. The, the group may decide that they, they really want to wait and see who the Pac-12 team is um, to see who we're matching up against. But, um, but I, I, would love to, I would love to get some clarity coming out of that meeting um, later, later this afternoon. Bowl director for the Las Vegas Bowl, John Sassenti with us. BYU Sports Nation continuing from Deseret First Credit Union. What are some of the pre-bowl activities that – whichever teams do end up in Vegas will do as they lead up to the actual game. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Could you repeat that? What's, what are some of the pre-bowl activities that the teams will be involved in before the actual game? Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, you, you know, one of the things that we do here in Las Vegas, everything we do is about the players and the coaches and the experience that they have when they when they come to Las Vegas for this bowl game. So, you know, I'm proud to say I, I go to these bowl association meetings every year, and I sit there with the Rose Bowl. I sit there with the Holiday Bowl. I sit there with every bowl in the country, and we go through what everybody does. And, and I will put our, our bowl week activities and our bowl week events up against anybody in the country. And Part of that is we we have a we have, we have a great staff who comes up with some really great ideas, but we also live in a city that affords us the opportunity to to, to create some really cool memorable events. And you know, one of the things that we we continue to do is we bring the teams down to Fremont Street. And we we feed them uh, unlimited Outback Steakhouse. We're showing highlight videos on the giant canopy, the largest screen in the world, um, and and get to experience old downtown Las Vegas. We take the teams on the high roller where they get an opportunity to see Las. Vegas as the sun goes down from 550 feet up in the air um, on, their, on Las Vegas's newest attraction. Um, we do have our, our charity days and our, our ladies' days and our kids' day. Um, and then, you know, a couple, a couple of the other things that are very unique is, is we do uh, show night in Vegas. We take the, both teams to a, a headlining show on the Strip this year. It's a Cirque du Soleil show, Zarkana. Both the teams get the opportunity to experience um, a, a, a world-class show. Um, and then we, we have our big kickoff luncheon and then back down to Fremont Street for our big pep rally. And, uh, again, I would challenge anybody in the country to, to create a, a setting and a backdrop for the pep rally like, like we have down on Fremont Street. I was writing all of that down. Uh, we will personally attend all of those events. That will be uh, that will be fantastic. And if BYU you does, you guys are golden. You guys are golden. Yeah, we're we'd love to it. have you out, John. What what uh, would have to happen for BYU to not be in the Las Vegas Bowl? Um, well, 
you know, we we do have we do have an agreement with the Mountain West Conference. Um, you know, there, there's a there's a team on that side. San Diego State has had a phenomenal year. Um, we're having a conversation with them later today. They're sending some stuff over to present to to uh, to the committee. Um, you know, they they went undefeated and then ran through the Mountain West Conference. They they have a phenomenal team, and and uh, you know they have a big game this weekend. So. Um, they, they, they are very attractive to us, to be quite honest. And then, you know, if, if our group comes back and says, hey, we don't think BYU matches up against this team or, or there's no way to get out of the UCLA situation, you know, we have to take a long, hard look at that. But, um, but you know, w- trust me, we, are, we love the Cougs down here, and, and um, we're, we're, we're keeping a close eye on them. What's the best part of your job right now, John? Uh, the day we finish. <laughs> the day we finish. No, I'll tell you, it, 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 it's crazy. We joked around about the phone dying and, and our office. If, if you guys saw our office right now, you'd, you'd, you'd die laughing. We've created, we have so many boxes and so many items in here stacked up in the office. And we don't have a big storage area. We've created little mazes to get to all of our offices in between, like, box tunnels um it's crazy but you know what it's it's fun it's college football it's 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 the bowl season it's everything about this is fun and and my favorite part to be honest with you is once the teams get off the bus for the first time in vegas that's when it's officially bowl season it's officially bowl week and and you see the smiles on their faces we you know we do a nice uh vegas style welcome for all of them and when you see the joy on their face when as soon as they get off the bus that's kind of my favorite part of it John, we threw you some curveballs. You hit one into the gap and you hit the other out of the park. Well done, my friend. Thanks, guys. We, we appreciate all you guys do, and if there's anything you need from us here in Vegas, you let us know. You got it. Thanks, John. Take care. John Sassenti on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. The current bowl director for the Las Vegas Bowl says he has targeted four Pac-12 teams. If BYU does end up in that game, USC, UCLA, Utah and Cal, and then UCLA didn't sound likely. Um, you know, it sounded like they wanted to avoid that one. Utah, if I'm Utah, no Devonte Booker. I don't want to play. There are some stipulations yeah. there that would it would really require kind of just everything falling into place for that to happen. Now, the final question I asked there was a, li- a little telling as well. It sounded like, oh yeah, BYU's going. That's what it sounded like, right? The in other words, um, but San Diego State, if they win the Mountain West Conference championship, could be an option for them, and uh, I. Th- it feels like BYU, based on Craig Thompson's uh, comments, based on John's comments, it feels like BYU is going to go to the Vegas Bowl, which to me is the matchup that I've wanted. I know you've talked about Hawaii, but I think it's a better game. I think it's a double the payout. I don't think that. We know that. I think it'd be a great fit for BYU. And BYU went there five years in a row. Kind of got you. It, it kind of became old news. Good bowl, but kind of got old, right? The same bowl, same story. Now it's refreshing. I think that BYU fans would flock in hordes to that game. Yeah, and I'd be okay. I mean, again, my, my stance was the Hawaii Bowl is not better than the Las Vegas Bowl, but going to the Hawaii Bowl in terms of a matchup would not be the end of the world because it's oh, a sure. good opportunity that BYU will be playing a ranked opponent in the Hawaii Bowl if it did go to that. I don't think it's going to happen. I, 95% my my opinion that BYU will end up in the Las Vegas Bowl. Which is going to be great. Listen, you're right. That's in 17 days. Isn't that crazy? Two and a half weeks, man. It's not that far away. Up next... Jimmer for debt in action. What's he doing with the Westchester Knicks? An update next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live 
not from Studio B, but from Deseret First Credit Union. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of this show live, catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, men's basketball heads up to the hill against Utah, 10 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the Pac-12 Network. Bill Walton on the call. If you missed it at the beginning of the show, we talked about the keys to victory for BYU in our Twitter question. Who will be the Y factor tonight for BYU against Utah? Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. I said Corbin Kafusi. Spender Linton said Chase Fisherman. I think the Fisher has to fish tonight for BYU to have any Let shot. Let fish. Let I mean, Fisher fish. Fisher fish. Do you remember when Jimmer Fredette played what Mark Durant called the best half of the basketball? The best half of basketball for any BYU player ever. Yes, yes. Something like that. Jimmer Fredette went nuts. My buddy Greg Lee, who is now a reporter in Los Angeles, called me up and he's like, Greg gets a lot of shout-outs. Are you watching this? Well, it's because he was the one that like informed. I was shooting a high school basketball game and trying to listen to the BYU game, multitasking in Southern California. He's like, Are you stop what you're doing right now and go watch the first half highlights? Yeah, I was under the North Bucket. Uh, for all of that, and it was amazing. It was really the beginning of Jim, Jimmer Mania. Jimmer Mania hit a new level At that a, night. Yeah. And Collinsworth spe- Mania starts tonight? Is that what's going Speaking on? Speaking of Jimmer, playing right now with the Westchester Knicks, game number two in his NBA Development League career, 27 minutes, he's 4 of 10 shooting, has 12 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds. Jimmer the distributor, Jerem? He had 8 assists in the first game, now 7. Okay. Is this something new for the Jimmer? Points obviously down. That's all we really care about care about with Jimmer, let's be <laughs> honest. Uh, 37 <laughs> points in the first game, only 12. Uh, so his average is only 24 and a half right now. He just, That's still a good He number. attracts attention, though. He was on the Dan Patrick show this morning before the game. He's the any basketball t- team, yes, any Exactly. Yeah. He totally is. The basketball Tebow right now. Now let's remember the names of the teams that are playing because all of a sudden we are um, NBA D-League fans now. I was originally, someone said watching this. Westchester Knicks. They're the dubs if you're uh, (laughs) a long-time fan. Go dubs! They're playing the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Okay. These are real nicknames, people. Someone thought of these, uh, which is fun. And so we'll pay attention to this. And the rare morning game, so Jimmer Fredette's still in action. I believe it's the third quarter, down 11. I'd like to talk to the GM of the Mad Ants and ask him, why the Mad Ants? I, I just, Wait, why? Well, it's like minor league baseball teams around the U.S. You get some really fun names, right? Like Adam Law for double-A LA Dodgers the, plays for the, the Tulsa, Tulsa Drillers. Drillers. Yes. What? Who was it? The Biscuits? Somebody in uh, the South, Arkansas, or something? The Biscuits. <laughs> the Biscuits. <laughs> yeah. That we we have a member of our staff, Ben Carter, who bought their hat because we've nip- nicknamed him Biscuits and Gravy, <laughs> based on a story that happened. BYU Utah you, tonight. Ben. I guarantee Jimmer will be watching the Cougars and Utes on oh. the Pac-12 Network oh. tonight. Does he Up get the next. Pac-12 Network in New York? He'll figure it out, man. <laughs> Slingbox it, dude. Slingbox? The Cougar Whip Around hits next. All things BYU sports in a nice, neat little package. B to the Y to the U Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Game day. BYU plays at Utah tonight, 10 Eastern time in the Huntsman Center. Live on BYU Radio and the Pac-12 Network, it is the 257th meeting all time. 
football. Last night, BYUtickets.com had Vegas Bowl tickets for sale online. This morning, the athletics department issued the following statement via at BYU Cougars. Quote, in preparing for a bowl invitation to either Las Vegas or Hawaii, BYUtickets.com inadvertently went live with the Las Vegas Bowl scenario temporarily. BYU has not received an official bowl invitation and no formal announcement has been made, end quote. Volleyball. The ladies swept the West Coast Conference Awards yesterday. Alexa Gray is the player of the year for the second straight season. She's really good. Amy Boswell is the defense player of the year, and Heather Olmstead is the coach of the year in her first coach, er, first season as the coach for BYU. BYU TV has acquired rights and will broadcast Friday's match in the NCAA tournament against Ohio. 9 p.m. Eastern time if they win and advance the second round. We'll do that game too. Jimmer! Jimmer Fredette in his second game with the Westchester Knicks, or the Dubs. Underway. He has 14 <laughs> points scored at the end of the third quarter. He also has seven assists and four rebounds at last glance. They're undefeated, but they trailed the Fort Wayne Mad Ants by 12 heading into the final period. Women's basketball. Cougars are in Hawaii to play in the Tom Weston Classic. The Cougars play BYU-Hawaii at midnight Eastern, 7 Hawaiian tonight. Swimming and diving. Select athletes from the swim and dive team are competing in the Texas Invite today down in Austin, Texas. What's up, Mac Brown? Races begin at 7 p.m. Eastern. Competition will go through Friday. Track and field. BYU named All-Americans Jason Witt and Anjanae Monteverde as the Curtis Pugsley Athletes of the Year. Cougars in the NFL. The Denver Post has reported that Jordan Leslie was one of six wide receivers to recently work out with the Denver Broncos. Future guests on the show include John Beck, new father again, fourth baby boy has come to the Beck family, Jack Morris, Major League Baseball pitching star, BYU Athletic Hall of Famer, and Daryl Garvin, the director of the Hawaii Bowl, all scheduled to be on the show. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets the Rise and Shout, Jim? Women's volleyball team. They swept the awards. Player of the year, defensive player of the year, coach of the year. Awesome. Our Twitter question today. Who will be the Y factor tonight for BYU against Utah in basketball? At Everyday Jess says, Kafusi Aits, Davis, Austin, the big men defense gets my vote. Get their guys in foul trouble. Don't let them get easy buckets. It's the Montgomery Biscuits, by the way. Ben Carter tweeted me that minor league team. There you go. Thanks to Tanner Mangum, John Sassenti, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Our elite tweet of the day from Matt Mary Blanchard. Tanner Mangum sounds so cold. Get that boy some gloves. If he has pneumonia for whatever bowl we're in, we're on partially blaming BYU Sports Nation. He probably had a cold He's fine. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Harry Bloomfield. Inside BYU Football airs next.